My name is Jeremiah Gardner, and I'm with the Hazelden Betty Ford Institute for Recovery Advocacy. Oh, it's my boss, probably. Yeah. Um, and I'm so excited that you're here. Let's let's start out by giving it up for that band led by the amazing. by the, the amazing Texas tenor, Jason Davis. Yeah, thank you guys. We'll hear more from them later. Hey, before I, uh, I, I say much more, I want to give, uh, give the mic briefly to uh, my new friend, Jan McCutcheon, who is uh, a clinician here at SMU at the health, SMU Health Center, which ironically is called Dr. Bob Smith Health Center. I don't think it's, is it that Dr. Bob? It is? Oh my goodness. That's even better, yes. So uh, they've been such gracious hosts with this room. And uh, Jan, why don't you come, come on up and uh, welcome everybody. As uh, Jeremiah said, I'm Jan McCutcheon. I'm one of the substance use and recovery clinicians uh, with the Dr. Bob Smith uh, Health Center here at SMU. We're delighted to see so many advocates and alums and newly graduated ambassadors uh, here this evening. There will always be a special place in my heart for the Betty uh, at Rancho <laughs> Mirage uh, because I too am an alum from uh, a professional and residence program that they put on. And this morning, as I was pouring my cup of coffee, I noted I'm drinking from my Betty cup with the Jan label on it, so it is near and dear to my heart. SMU is so proud to be one of the co-hosts for the pre-rally recovery events with Hazelden Betty Ford Foundation, um, with Drug Prevention Resources, Faces and Voices of Recovery, and the Association of Persons Affected by Addiction. What a gift to be part of the recovery movement today. How many new recovery ambassadors are here right now? I know I'm one. Welcome and congratulations. <laughs> All righty, we've got a cheer section over here. Um, SMU is learning and growing recovery supports and programming along with many other universities, uh, university campuses across the nation. Campus recovery communities provide the opportunity for all students to have the college experience while they're able to maintain their recovery gains. The array of supports continues to grow and expand from sober housing, networking opportunities, on-site 12-step meetings, recovery and well-being groups, um, and sober tailgates, which we have enjoyed doing with other, in conjunction with other schools that have recovery communities, and most importantly, having fun while you're in recovery. Uh, that, that is the key. We look forward to screening the new film, Generation Found, this evening, and also to the big Texas rally tomorrow. And we wish everyone a great weekend of learning, sharing of experiences, and building of community. We are so glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you, Jan. Right on. Thank you, Jan. Uh, and I, I just love the fact that we have the cheering section right here in the front row. This is awesome. 
Next, uh, I'm going to go off script a little here. We have a special guest, uh, Zachary Thompson. I hope he's still here. He's the director of Health and Human Services for all of Dallas County. Yeah. Is he here? Good evening, everybody. How you doing? Good. All right, let, let's give Joe Powell a hand. Let's wipe it At the end of the day, whether we're talking about Ebola, whether we're talking about Zika, one area that we always have to remind Dallas County, state of Texas, and the nation is about recovery. Yeah. Joe and I was just at a, a meeting, and this should help you bring it into context. You're already there, but for the overall public, how many of y'all familiar with Tent City, where the homeless were staying for a while? Now they're talking about moving the homeless from under another bridge. As Joe and I pointed out, over half, if not the majority, had addiction issues with no place to go. If it wasn't for Joe and, and connecting them to resources, that's why they're under the bridge. Alcohol, substance abuse. This whole recovery process is near and dear to them, but they're left out. So thank you for doing what you do each and every day. Thank you for being there. Thank you for being the example for what recovery is all about. <laughs> but I want to leave you with one, one part. There are families right now wrestling with a loved one in terms of what can they do. Where can they go to help that loved one? And tonight, and as well as tomorrow, when we do the walk, we can show this nation where they can connect the families yeah. to. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Thompson. Wow, that was great. And we're hiring you. You're coming back to Minnesota, folks. I just want to say once again, thanks to Jan and SMU and her colleague, Lisa Joyner, who's back there as well. They've been so helpful and uh, great hosts. Uh, again, my name is Jeremiah, and uh, I'm a Minnesotan by way of South Dakota, and I'm super dang happy to be in Texas tonight and tomorrow. Um, I'm also a person in long-term recovery, which for me means that... Uh, well, as of last Sunday, I haven't had a drink or a drug in 10 years. Yeah. Let, let's keep that going. I want to see how many of you are in recovery. Clap if you're in recovery. If you're a family member in recovery. Yeah. We're kind of loud, right? We're recovering out loud. This is awesome. I love it. And uh, smiles all around is exactly what uh, recovery is all about. So on behalf of the Hazel and Betty Ford Institute for Recovery Advocacy, where I work, uh, and which is, you know, we're committed to smashing the stigma of addiction and, and promoting recovery, uh, we're grateful that you're all here, and we're uh, super honored to have been able to coordinate today's activities and co-host uh, uh, this event tonight. Also, big thanks to the Big Texas Rally for Recovery for giving us a reason to be here tonight. Yeah.
Anybody not going tomorrow? Ah! <laughs> we'll see you on the bridge at noon. It's a great way to cap off National Recovery Month. I also want to give a big, uh, before we go further, a big, big thanks to the folks at Faces and Voices of Recovery, Patty and uh, Mike and Flo, who helped with the workshop this morning and are co-sponsors of this event right here. Let's give them a hand. Uh, and and play, have played a prominent role in the history of recovery advocacy, which if you haven't taken a look, maybe later you can come up and check out these banners, which is a kind of a timeline of uh, the work that people have done to get us to this point in time like we're having this weekend where we're gathering uh, for today's activities and for the big rally tomorrow. Uh, it's really neat. We have a rich, rich history. Is William Moyers here yet, too? I know he's here. He might be in the... He'll... He's not here yet. Okay, well, he will be. He, he, he presented earlier today on the history of stigma and our efforts to overcome it, which kind of paralleled what's here. And, and that's going to be a theme for this hour and a half and as we move into the film afterwards. Delicious dairy is not going to be quite enough. We need to, we need to have a theme, an objective. And it's to, for me, it's to reflect a little bit on where we've been, where we're going, and and what we're going to do for the next generation, because the, the eyes of history is that Hamilton musical that's so famous right now. The eyes of history are on, they're upon us. And so that question is, what are we going to do? How are we going to find, continue to find our individual and collective voices to, to bring more healing and strength and hope to the next generation? So let's think about that. Uh, for the rest of this evening. Speaking of the next generation, I, I think you all know we're going to screen the new movie, Generation Found, right after this. The theater's right across the hall. Uh, that's from the makers of The Anonymous People. Anybody seen that? Yeah, yeah. right on. We're, we're also, you're, you're lucky, we get to have a Q&A after the film with some cast members, uh, three, three of them actually, who are also here, and you'll hear from them here during the... Uh, Ice Cream Social as well. Uh, big thanks, uh, before I go any further on that, Becky Vance and Drug Prevention Resources from here in Dallas. For, thank you for co-hosting the screening tonight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how many of you planning to attend? You guys all going to the movie? Yeah. So many, if, if you're not, if you haven't been planning to, um, change your mind, yeah. <laughs> Please consider, you can, you can go and we, if, you, if you have money to donate for a, you know, like five bucks, if not, no big deal. We want you in the theater if you're here and you want to see it. Um, the, the film, by the way, has already secured its place in history. We made sure of that by including it here on the banners. Uh, it's on the history of recovery advocacy now. And the neat thing about our history, uh, this history of recovery advocacy, is it's pretty short. It's very rich but it's pretty short. And a lot of the people who have been key figures in this history that lead us to a place like today are still alive. <laughs> people we can talk to, and there's some of them in the room here tonight. Uh, one of them that I'd like to introduce to you next is Neil Scott. Do I see Neil? Oh, he's over there, okay. I met Neil last year at another event right here in Dallas, um, and we struck up a quick bond. He actually was the MC of the first three big Texas rally Rallies for Recovery. You guys remember that, huh? How long ago was that? When was the first one? 2011. 2011. All right. 
He's also the host of Recovery Coast to Coast, which is a two-hour nightly national radio program uh, d devoted to addiction with a focus on recovery. He's actually set up back there. I bet he'd do interviews with anybody that wants to uh, uh, be on his radio show tonight. Uh, he's a music nut, which is why I really struck up a bond. He's also a football nut, and he's got a rich historical perspective. I've asked him to talk about a few things that I think are especially interesting um, including the Freedom Fest 1976. Anybody ever heard of that? It's the grandfather of recovery rallies. It happened 40 years ago in Minnesota. And uh, don't let his good looks fool you, Neil was actually there. Um, give it up for Neil Scott. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Texas. <laughs> My name is Neil Scott. I am a recovering talk show host. I belong to a 12-step group called On and On and On and On and On. <laughs> and I will try to work my program and stay within my allotted time because I only have a, a few short moments to visit with you. I'll talk fast if you listen fast. I wrote down my, my, my remarks because if I didn't, we'd be here all night and then I'd get in a lot of trouble. I want to begin by thanking Summer Sky Treatment Center just outside of Fort Worth. Uh, successfully treating individuals and families for the last 31 years. They have been responsible for my coming down here over the weekend, and uh, I appreciate that very much. And thanks to Jeremiah and the Hazelton Betty Ford Foundation. I had the honor and privilege of emceeing the first three Texas rallies for recovery. They were on the steps of the state capitol in Austin. And, and what a powerful message that sent about recovery and about advocacy. So it's nice to be back in Texas. I began my recovery work in advocacy back in 1975. I was the executive director of the Santa Barbara chapter of the National Council on Alcoholism. And I worked with the founder of NCA, a woman by the name of Mrs. Marty Mann. She was also the first woman to maintain long-term recovery in AA. She knew Bill Wilson and she knew Dr. Bob. And she often discussed, and some would say debated, the 11th tradition about maintaining anonymity at the level of press, TV, and films. Bill believed that AA should be a program of attraction and not promotion. Marty believed that there had to be a way to not only carry the message, but to send the message, deliver the message, live the message of recovery and the message that alcoholism and other drug addictions were treatable and people can and do recover. She was really the first public advocate. I once asked her what the three biggest challenges were that were facing the field of addiction and she said without blinking an eye, stigma, stigma, and stigma. Those were the three top things and it's something we still fight today. As director of NCA in Santa Barbara, I produced and co-hosted the only alcoholism telethon in the country, along with Dick Van Dyke back in 1975. We had about a dozen celebrities. We had 18 hours of television time. It was similar to the Jerry Lewis telethon, and it was to educate people about alcoholism, treatment, and recovery. It was a huge event. It was 41 years ago. It was broadcast live from the Earl Warren Showgrounds in Santa Barbara, California. And then a year later, May 8, 1976, I worked with Walter Murphy at NCA National in presenting Operation Understanding, where 52 prominent Americans stood up, avoiding shame, and said, you know what, I'm going to disclose for the first time that 
I am a person in long-term recovery, and I'm going to tell you about it. The list included Dick Van Dyke, Senator Harold Hughes, astronaut Buzz Aldrin, who was the second man to walk on the moon, along with actors and legislators and successful Americans who were at the top of their profession. They said, I want people to know that I suffer from this, and I am now in recovery, and my life has changed dramatically. Six weeks later, on June 26th, I had the opportunity to be in Minneapolis, as Jeremiah mentioned, a marvelous, marvelous event. It was history-making. It was Freedom Fest 76. It featured leaders and legends, including Senator Hubert Humphrey, Walter Mondale, Vikings quarterback Fran Tarkington, again, Dick Van Dyke, and others who are really celebrating recovery by sharing experience, strength, and hope, the cornerstones of recovery. And since then, the movement has grown with the formation of Faces and Voices of Recovery, an outgrowth of a meeting that a number of us were at in Minneapolis, which gave new life to the recovery movement. And numerous local and regional organizations, including the Dallas-based Association of Persons Affected by Addiction, you folks know it as APA, and headed by Recovery Ambassador and a great friend of mine, Joe Powell. You're going to hear from him in just a little while. You know who I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking about. And then two years ago, Greg Williams produced the award-winning documentary, The Anonymous People. And tonight, you're going to have the opportunity to screen his latest film, Generation Found. And as Jeremiah said, if you had not planned on being here, you have an opportunity to see a wonderful film and screen that film right across the hall. Recovery, ladies and gentlemen, is an American way of life. Last October, Unite to Face Addiction attracted tens of thousands to the Washington Mall in the shadow of the White House, a day-long celebration of recovery. It featured Steven Tyler, Jason Isbell, Sheryl Crow, Joe Walsh, and many others. That event, captured on film, is now on PBS. Check your local uh, listings for time and station. It just started, I think, this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. It was one of the most moving days of my life, and it would have made Marty Mann and other pioneers in the recovery movement including Brinkley Smithers, Wheelock Whitney from Minnesota, and Mel Schulstadt, incredibly proud. We have come a long way, baby. <laughs> and now we are here. We are in Dallas. And again, we are here to celebrate recovery, the great movement of recovery. Tomorrow, thousands of people will cross the Ronald Kirk Pedestrian Bridge. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm hearing all about it. Uh, it's a symbolic walk for recovery. And hopefully as you walk tomorrow, you will walk across the bridge and you will remember that you walked across another bridge in your lifetime. The bridge from active addiction to long-term recovery. Yeah. All that, my friends, is to say this. You are the winners. You are the miracles, the ones who safely made it to the other side of the bridge into the marvelous world of recovery. Celebrate. Be proud <laughs> of your recovery. Be a beacon of hope for others. You may be the only recovery that people outside the rooms will ever see. Keep that in mind. Share your story. Don't just carry the message. Send the message. Live the message. Recovery is an American way of life in Dallas, all across Texas, all around America. Embrace the power of recovery. Say it loud and say it proud. I am in recovery. I'm in recovery. Oh, you got to do better than that. One more time. I'm in recovery.
Recovery! Yeah, say it loud and say it proud. I'll be doing my radio show, Recovery Coast to Coast, uh, from the rally tomorrow. I'm also set up in the back of the room. And again, thanks to Summer Sky for allowing me to come down here and do this. I invite you to stop by and tell me about the solution. Tell me about what it's like now for you. And I'll have some Celebrate Recovery buttons that I'm wearing, and uh, I'll be giving those out tomorrow as well. Celebrate Recovery right here, right now. The bright side of addiction is recovery. Recovery rocks! Pass it on. Pass it on. Thanks, Neil. All right, thank you so much, Neil. Is there still ice cream back there, brownies? Right on. Hey, I encourage you, if you're still hungry, you still got some room in your stomach, go get some more dessert as we proceed. Our next speaker is somebody who's from the film Generation Found. Um, I saw this movie, you know, it's screening all around the country, and I, I saw it about a month ago, actually, in Minneapolis. We had a screening, and I was uh, so taken by the lead character, so to speak, that I, I, I went home and I reached out to her, uh, I think that night, if not the next day, and I'm really excited to have met her earlier tonight and to hear from her now, uh, Sasha McLean. Hey, everybody. So my name is Sasha McLean, and I'm a person in long-term recovery. And for me, that means that I have not put any mind-altering chemicals in my body since December 29th of 2001. And what that has done for me is it is allowing me to celebrate my 16-year wedding anniversary this month with that handsome man, back there in the striped shirt. David McLean, give us a parade wave. He's not even listening to what I'm saying. I love that. After 16 years of marriage. Um, it is allowing me to be a really, really connected mother to my nine-year-old son, who you will also get to see if you see Generation Found tonight. He's back there in the back giving me a wave. And recovery has given me the gift of running a recovery high school. And for those of you that are not familiar with recovery high schools, there are 36 recovery high schools across the country. And I have the privilege of running Archway Academy, which is one of two recovery high schools in Houston, Texas. Thank you, H-Town. And I'm up here to speak with you today about a couple of things. Number one is the reason why Generation Found was even created. And those of you who've seen the anonymous people know the beautiful work that that film did for our community. And there's a little teeny 30-second blip in the anonymous people that's about um, a high school in Boston, William J. Ostagai High School. And Greg Williams said that the number one question he would get at the after-screening Q&As was, what, what was that high school? What, what do you mean recovery high school? What does that mean? And people were fascinated with the idea of young people, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-olds, being exposed to recovery, living a recovery lifestyle. And so that's how Generation 4, Generation Found was birthed, out of this idea that came out of one little 30-second snip of the anonymous people. And um, I'll tell you, over the last um, decade or so of being at Archway, the 
we get a lot of people contacting us who want to exploit the ugly side of addiction. So we have MTV call us frequently. Um, we've got a lot of people wanting to scout us for reality TV shows or for small doc series. Um, and here's what I know. I know that most people that approach our school to film inside of our classrooms do not want to come to learn about recovery. They want to come to follow and sensationalize the story of addiction. They want footage of needles in your arm and families torn apart and um, people out there living the, the addiction lifestyle. And I'm, I'm not down for telling that story anymore. We've got that story everywhere. And I get real emotional when I talk, so you'll just have to see some tears. It'll be fine. We'll all get through it. Um, the story that I want to tell is the story that I see every day. I see it in my own personal life, um, but I see it every day in the work that I do with young people. And when I show up to work at 7 in the morning at a recovery high school, I see 70 to 80 students who are embracing recovery, who are embracing fellowship and service and kindness and empathy, and all these beautiful things that we want young people to learn that sadly they're not always learning within our families and they're definitely not learning in our current education structure. And I think it's one of the most beautiful things that I could ever be doing. And so looking into their eyes every day, I am very deeply connection, connected to my purpose and my passion and what I believe God put me on this planet to do, which is to love and nurture young people and help them find their light again when they may be in one of the darkest periods they've ever been in. And I can just say, I spent a lot of time being a teenager. I think I got into my teens like around seven or eight years old and didn't really exit my teens until my mid to late 20s. So um, I feel like teenagers are people that I get. I think they're some of the most misunderstood people um, in this world, um, but I think they're also the people that may be struggling the most, trying to find their place, right? Because they're not children, but they're not grown-ups, and that's a really difficult transition to be in. So when Greg Williams approached me about Generation Found, he was the only person I even considered allowing cameras into my classroom for. And the reason was because I watched the anonymous people, I knew who Greg was, I knew Greg's story of getting sober when he was 17 years old, and I knew that he would respect and honor the young people within my school. And that if I allowed him into my home, which I did, to film in my home with my family, who I have feel a lot of protection against uh, about, I knew that he would protect my story. And I knew that he would tell my story, I, that he would tell the truth about my story. And so, one of the best parts of Generation Found for me um, has been emails and text messages and Facebook messages that I've been getting about this one line that was in the film that I didn't even think they captured. And it's a tradition that I do every single day before I leave, whether my son is awake or asleep, I tell him, you go be a light in this world. That's the last thing I say to him before I leave to go off on my day and he goes on his day. And that is what this film means for me. It is about us getting connected with why we're here, with why God touched us with recovery, and the responsibility that we carry about going to be a light in this world for people that are, that are still living in the very, very dark, dark depths of what addiction looks like. So my hope is that you'll see this film 
that you'll embrace this film, that you'll take this film back to your community, that you'll be a movie captain for Generation Bound, because it's really difficult for people to understand what a recovery high school is, what young people in recovery really looks like, unless they can see it and touch it and smell it, and this film is a way for you to do that. So I feel really grateful to have the opportunity to be here. I hope you will come and see the film with me. Um, I hope that it'll move you. And I hope that it will be the first of many, many, many films and documentaries that we see that are about the beauty of recovery and not about the disgust of addiction. So thank you for having me. And I'll see you at the movies. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sasha. You know what Sasha makes me want to do? She makes me want to go to work. And that's a, that's a high compliment. I look forward to hearing from her again after the film. Uh, for me, young people getting better is like uh, the ultimate inspiration. I think it really should be the ultimate ambition of the work we do. And there's one group, though, that often gets forgotten. Um, we found out where I work, and that's, that's the youngest people who maybe aren't using substances themselves, but are just trying to grow up in families where substances are present and where substance use disorders are present. Um, at the Betty Ford Center Children's Program, uh, however, they, they often say kids are the first hurt, but the last helped. The first hurt, but the last help. And, and so our children's program really uh, challenges that notion and gets kids the help they need. And it's one of the parts of my organization that I'm most proud of. It makes me proud to work at the Hazel and Betty Ford Foundation, and not a lot of people know about it. And so I'm really happy that I have a colleague here, Kyle Pillins, who can uh, not only tell us a little bit about it, but maybe perhaps inspire us to stand up and speak up a little more for that group of young people. Kyle. Thank you. Hello. I am Kyle Pillins. I'm a children's counselor at the Betty Ford Center Five Star Kids Program. Um, I'm so excited to be here. I was not prepared for how emotional and how exciting and how fun and how it, the spirit of this event is so very cool. And recovery is um, something that certainly deserves to be celebrated like this, so much bigger and so much better and so much more than we tend to see it. And uh, what I get to do every single day is deliver the gift of recovery to children who are not in need of it, maybe in the way that you were or the way that we think someone might need recovery, but uh, kids need it too, and they deserve the gift of recovery. And so that's what you do at the Betty Ford Center Five Star Kids Program. Um, we have a three-day long program. A great way to think of it is like Family Week, but it's for children. Um, the things that they need to hear are so simple and so obvious. I grew up in a home where addiction was, and everybody was so focused on getting the person that was suffering from the disease in the most obvious way, using the substances, help. And then we thought that once he got better, that everything else would get better. And it didn't really happen that way. Um, so some of the things that these children need to hear is that Addiction could never be your fault. You didn't cause this. There's nothing you could have done to make it start. There's nothing you could do to make it stop. It's a disease. Um, and that's just not the way this works. But this is not your fault. We teach children that all of their feelings are OK. Um, we're taught that we need to be loyal 
We need to love our family members. And it's not okay to be angry or upset or hurt or feel guilty or embarrassed or lonely. All of these things are things that we keep in. And we don't, our children often don't have a way to express those feelings. And that's such a big part of what recovery is. Um, but we need, to, we, need to, we need to teach this to our kids. They often don't understand why I can't sleep at night, why my tummy hurts all the time, why I can't concentrate in school. Um, and, and so eventually, if we don't teach them ways to get those feelings out, they find a way to make those feelings go away. So if we teach them a healthy way to do that um, and give them that gift of recovery earlier, things can be so much better. And so many kids are in so much need. <laughs> I love the having you up here. She says, yes, that's right. Um, I want kids to see they're not alone. There's so much shame around the disease of addiction for everybody involved. And for them to see there is nothing wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with your family. You are good. Your family is good. There's so much good to celebrate in you and in your family. But when we're going from crisis or disaster or putting out all these fires all the time, we forget what's so incredible about being us and being able just to celebrate ourselves. And for a child, their number one job is to just be a kid. Um, when we are able to let them participate in a group where they can be around a bunch of other kids that have the same family problem as they do. It helps them see, this isn't who I am, this isn't who my family is, we're so much better than this and better than what I think this idea of my family is. And I'm not by myself. Um, there's lots of people like me and we can all get better. Um, the most important thing I wanna teach kids is right now your number one job is to just be a kid. And they're often not allowed to do that. Um, so I want them to see um, your, your only thing you're supposed to be doing right now is learning and having fun. Learn about the world around you. Go to the park. Go to the museum. Play with your friends. Um, learn and have lots of fun. I tell kids, have you ever met a really boring grown-up? <laughs> they're like, uh-huh. Well, they didn't do their number one job when they were little. It's to have fun and be a kid. Um, if we're not taking care of our feelings and if we're not practicing this recovery from a very early age, it makes it really f hard to do your number one job and be a kid. So we want them to um, learn how to let out their feelings. We give them their own 12 steps and learn how to practice that recovery so they can keep that focus on their number one job, which is to just be a child and have fun. And as they grow older, um, they're able to participate in recovery within their family. And when everyone is doing it together, um, when mom is doing her Al-Anon and dad is going to meetings or whatever the situation may be, and the kids are taking care of themselves and working their own program, somebody has a bad day, something happens, maybe somebody starts to veer off their path a little. If everybody else is on board and, and the train is all moving in the right direction, it's not all wheels off. It's not fair for the recovery of a whole family to hinge on one person. And, and that's the way it often works. And so it's unrealistic, it's unfair. And so we want to give everybody the gift to be able to take care of themselves so that together they can have a family in recovery, um, which is what I work really hard to try to do every single day. So I'm honored and I'm privileged. This is so exciting to be here. I'm super excited about tomorrow. One of our sweet, um, sweet little babies is speaking tomorrow 
who went through our program. So if you want more information on the Five Star Kids program, one of the things I'm most proud of, okay, if I have to shut up, you just tell me when. I get so excited. Um, one of the things um, that I'm most proud of is anybody can come. We never turn anybody away due to inability to pay. So this program is for free if it needs to be for anyone. We will happily take your money. Um, but it, we, we will provide this program to anybody that wants it. It's right here in Dallas-Fort Worth. It's accessible and it's phenomenal. If you would like more information on it, there's tons of it over there at that table, but continue the celebration. It means so much to you, to everyone that loves you. So, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, great job. And hey, on your way from here to the movie, there's an art exhibit that we kind of threw up that's uh, art made by the children from the children's program, part of their therapeutic experience. Uh, I'm going to move right on. So thank you, Kyle. I'm going to move right on to our next speaker, who's yet another cast member from Generation Found. He's also familiar with a lot of the history on these banners. In fact, when I met him via email recently, he introduced me introduced himself to me as, hi, I'm the old guy from the film. Um, which means, Neil, back in the room, this is probably the guy you want to watch the, the movie with. <laughs> uh, but he's a lot more than an old guy. He's a world-renowned therapist, an author, a speaker. He's also the, uh, in, the designer of treatment programs and recovery schools. Uh, he's also the founder of Lifeway International, an alternative peer group program, which if you've never heard about alternative peer groups, uh, you'll learn more about them when you watch the film. Um, I hadn't either, uh, but that's one of the reasons uh, it's such a new thing. I think it's been confined to Texas for the most part, but now's the time to bring a national light on alternative peer groups, and that's why I'm really excited to hear from John Cates. Did y'all see how pretty Sasha is? Do you see this? It's Beauty and the Beast. It's what I'm talking here, you know. I am so excited to be here. My name is John Cates. I am also in long-term recovery, and that for me means I have not had any kind of brain-attacking substance since March 5th of 1976. It's grace, baby. It's all grace, I got to tell you, because I was crazy -er. Um I start on this thing, if you look, it kind of freaked me out, because I think of myself as the old guy, but when I see, let me see, I began right after that first panel, I go all the way over here, that is wacky, man, that is old, you know? Hey, Jason, where's Will? What was that? Am I hearing things? What is it? Not yet, not yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's too funny. Hey. Woo! Anyway, <laughs> yeah, getting old's not all that bad. You start hearing voices and junk and all that thing. Anyway, um, so what am I going to talk to you about tonight? Well, I'm going to talk to you about that film you're getting ready to see. It's called Generation Found, and it is about a very special couple of high schools and actually another thing, and it's called the Alternative Peer Group. The two high schools in the film are connected to Alternative Peer Group programs. That makes them different. There are only three of them now in the nation. There were only two when they shot the film. And it changes everything. So what is an Alternative Peer Group program? 
It is not just a bunch of young people who get together. It is a planned and contrived approach to bring fun to recovery for the, for the students, to bring education and support to the parents of the students so they can do, in fact, what the previous speaker was talking about, work together. And it embraces what research says. Research does not say 30, 60, 90 days and you get well. It doesn't say that. Research says it's an average of 18 months to four years to stabilize. Let me tell you what did not exist when I, start, when I got sober. What did not exist is the term intervention. That's how far back it was. What did not exist was MRI pictures of what we do to the brain with these substances. What did not exist was how long it takes for the brain to start to heal and turn around all the aberrant psychology, the stinking thinking. What did not exist was what do we do about it? We were lost in the weeds in it. But things started to happen in this state in the 1970s, the early 70s. It began with a program called Palmer Drug Abuse Program, PADAP. And that's where I got sober. And what did exist was a bunch of young people led by a paid staff that were involved in reaching out to me when I was dying. The staff were a bunch of young people also. That did exist. And it has grown over the last 45 years. Let me tell you some things, how much it grew. By 1992, Lifeway, the second oldest of the alternative peer groups, the one that I run, was in 11 different cities in the United States, three in Canada. We had four residential programs and four high schools, all operating the way that you're going to see in this movie. And then it all went away. By 1997, there were four cities in Texas that in the low socioeconomic areas had alternative peer groups powered by Medicaid. Then it all went away. In 1979, in Houston, Texas, there were 3,700 young people sober and claiming and loving sobriety and in that program that I just talked about. There were 1,800 in Dallas in 1979, in Dallas, Padap. In 1992, there were 1,800 in Lifeway. And then it all faded. What exists now is we do know what causes this disease. I've watched us come up and get ready to bump treatment in this whole nation three times and it go away. But now we have a perfect storm. We have the movie. We have successes. We have the MRIs. We have the process of intervention and how to do it. We know how to put these things together. So I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you to come and see this movie. Take it on. And to put it in the way it was said earlier, guys, please, let's rock this. Let's do this. Let's not let this perfect storm die down. 
Let's do the advocacy. Let's march. Let's talk. Let's pick our words. Let's quit being ashamed. It's just a disease. And you can get well. And we can keep others from getting sick. But we got to tell the truth and we got to move on it. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, John. Uh, it's so great to see the focus on youth. youth as, as we know, substance use disorders often begin in adolescence. And uh, another thing is youth have become such a wellspring for recovery advocates. It, it's just awesome to see. And a case in point, and I just want to recognize them right now, is a, a group called Young People in Recovery. Uh, we have some here. Yeah, I see Tony. And we see, if you're, yeah, Kimber and Chris. And my buddy Robert in the back there, um, turning out some of the, uh, the greatest leaders, uh, not just in recovery advocacy, but in America. And it's really awesome to see. And uh, I'm glad you guys are all here, too. Uh, and, John, you were probably YPR before there was YPR, right? <laughs> uh, now on to our... Uh, uh, our, our final speaker before we get to our sort of entertainment, uh, I guess we can call it, uh, Mr. Joe Powell. Yeah. Where's he at? Yeah. You're the best, man. <laughs> oh, good, man. Hey, all right. <laughs> I'm Joe Powell, and I'm a young person in long-term recovery. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And what that means is, you got to say what that means is, right? That I'm able to be a father today and a husband today. You know, that I haven't had a drink of alcohol since October the 8th, 1988 today. Right I got it. October the 8th, that's two weeks. I got a birthday coming up, y'all. That's right, you know. So, uh, and it's only because of long-term recovery that I'm able to serve the community and be a servant leader today, you know, and be a part of the recovery movement um, and continue to extend this recovery movement and let's, uh, let's get it on. We've got a lot of work to do, but it's all about recovery, folks, right? You know, prevention, treatment, and recovery, and it goes around. What goes around comes right back around. So the little kids, right, right, we're preventing. We're doing some prevention work right here too, right? That's right, with families, you know. And, uh, you know, one of the things that started the movement, I had lunch with Dr. Clark yesterday. They used to run CSAT for 15 years. And uh, when we started with the first peer-to-peer -peer recovery community organization in 1998, they said, it, and it still holds today, 15, 18 years later, that only 10% of the country is getting treatment. 10%, 90% of the country is still hurting each other, hurting families, hurting communities. Right? And that's why they say, well, where's the people in recovery? We need people in recovery to help those that are seeking recovery. All right? And that's what we do. That's what we've been doing for the last, this movement. And if you haven't seen Anonymous People, that's a really good educational film to let you see the last 15 years of the recovery movement. I'm in it. 
<laughs> they got a couple of flashes. Greg got me in there. Greg uh, Williams, he called me the other day. He's not here tonight, but he will be here tomorrow for the definitely for the national Big Texas Rally for Recovery. Yeah. That's right. You know, yeah, you know, and the opportunity to have a national rally. Now, of course, y'all didn't know, a lot of you didn't know that before, earlier today, we had three workshops here, and all three, this room was full with, for all three workshops, right? We had Flo Hillard, you know what I mean, did the science of addiction. Flo, is Flo still here? I know she was here earlier. And then we had, of course, William Cope Moyers, right, Vice President Betty Ford, Hazelden, uh, and he did the Smash the Stigma, right? And then this last workshop that we had, of course, with Jeremiah, right, and uh, Robert Ashford, and uh, we really appreciate, appreciate you guys, the power of story, right? It used to be the media message training, and that was that if the media, when you walk out here and you got Channel 4 News, put a camera on you and say, hey, I heard you've been hanging out with them addicts over there. What do you say? <laughs> okay? Heard you've been hanging out with those folks, you know, with addiction. What do you say? You know? And we don't say, my name is Joe and I'm an alcoholic. We don't say my name is Joe and I'm an addict. You know, I need the world, because remember, this is my opportunity. The whole world is watching me when t with Channel 4 News. What is the message that we want to get across? My name is Joe Powell. I'm a person in long-term recovery. And what that means is that I haven't had a drink in 28 years. You know, and I'm able to be a father today. It's only because of recovery. And I want to give the benefits of recovery. You know, because remember, the media is always looking for what? That's right, the dirt or something else. They're not looking. They're looking to see, here's another low-down, rotten, stinking, dirty. Y'all know the labels that they give us. But today, we are people with benefits of recovery. We're able to be with our family today. We're able to be fathers. That's right, hang out with the family today. That's very important, right? So the Big Texas Rally for Recovery is an opportunity. We got people from all over the country here. You know, and that's what I was going to say about that room earlier, that uh, a lot of people, when I came in early and I got to see people from all over, from Utah, Wisconsin, Washington, D.C., New York, a lot of them are here. People that I wouldn't expect was here earlier, right? And they said, I'll see you in the morning. I'm kind of tired. So, uh, but we also expecting, you know, again, you got the Oxford House Conference that's going on right now, the first Oxford House Conference in the state of Texas going on right now. Right? And they've got theirs, what they're doing tonight, and it ends in the morning. Right? They had reserved 1,200 rooms at the Anatole Hotels, 1,500 people over there. I went over there and presented the other day to the big crowd, and the big crowd over there said, hey, we'll see you at the Big Texas Rally for Recovery. Right? <laughs> North Texas University, Collegiate Recovery Program, Young People in Recovery, we've got... Wow, from all over Texas. We got Kimber also. Falkenberg <laughs> is here. So that's great. I mean, you know, some of the pioneers. And that's what we need. And Kimber knows young people in recovery. The thing is, is that we need new advocates. You know what I mean? I'm getting this probably, hey, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm honored and I'm excited. You know what I mean? That we get this national big Texas rally for recovery right here in Dallas, Texas this year, right? 2016, Steve, Paul, I mean, the committees that I have here, the guys that I have here that did so much to make this happen. My staff, well, all the APA staff, stand up, please. Yeah, let's get those guys in here. Right. All right. 
Can I get all of the planning committee for the Big Texas Rally for Recovery to stand up, please? Steve and Linda, all of y'all, that's right. Right, thank you, thank you. Keter, that's right, yeah. So you guys are really fortunate, though, uh, to be here tonight because you're getting ready to really uh, get a chance to see the chairman of the board of directors for APRA to do, uh, to really show uh, what he does to express uh, recovery in the community. Um, and I mean, these guys really uh, know how to really connect health, right? to recovery, because that's what I say, the arts, everything is connected to recovery. When you connect the arts to recovery, and that arts mean music, dance, poetry, right? Whatever the arts is, because you know, I'm an entertainer, right? I know how to put on a show, but <laughs> especially from Harlem, New York City, you know what I mean, where I grew up. But the thing is, is that you guys have the opportunity tonight to really see something special. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow, uh, and to all of the thousands of people that are going to be here, all the people that's right here now in Dallas, whether they're coming from the Oxford or from all over the country, uh, we know that uh, this is October the 1st, um, and October is a great month. Tomorrow is October 2nd. We're still part of Recovery Month event. This is, and you know, Yvette Torres, uh, she will be on the podium and on the stage tomorrow. She's our director of recovery month for the last 25 years, and she'll be uh, leading also the way. Uh, and we are going to lead the way. Thank you, Yvette. Yeah. And we are going to be leading the way with the honor guard. And honor guard means people with over 10 years of recovery and people that have really contributed to this recovery movement is going to walk first across the, the bridge, and then we're going to have a big rally. So if you know anybody, remember that don't let it end here. That after we get through here, if you can make a phone call, text, tweet, Facebook, you know, let's still move. You know what I mean? We got till tomorrow morning, you know what I mean, to get as many people there to support recovery. We still have to stop the stigma, stop the shame, and stop the silence. We cannot be quiet no more yeah. with recovery. That's right. Thank you. Joe Powell, everybody. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to do much to introduce this, uh, the, the remainder of the night, but I just want to tell you I've been looking forward to this uh, as much as I've been looking forward to anything uh, all year long. Uh, I'm going to turn over the mic to two uh, really talented individuals, Will Ritchie, who's also the MC tomorrow, and the chair of APA. And his creative partner, Alejandro Perez, Jr. In other settings, you may see me in um, a little uh, dress almost as nice as Joe Powell um, as I serve as the um, board chair of APA. I first met Joe. I first met Joe in 2004. I'm a graduate of the University of Dallas right here in Irving, Texas. And when I met Joe, I was working with youth, and he invited me on to his uh, organization, to APA, to be the Youth Services Coordinator. And from there, um, not only did we uh, form a work, working relationship, but we also began uh, working in a lot of different places. And he took me up to a Faces and Voices uh, conference in D.C. one time, and he, he made me share my art. He used to always have me share my art. I am a spoken word artist. I don't know if you guys have ever seen a spoken word artist before. And so up there in D.C., if you guys don't know that Joe Powell 
he and his family grew up tap dancing for a living. If you've been in his story, you've heard, you've heard these stories. And so up there at Faces and Voices in D.C., I wrote a piece to perform, and there was Joe Powell right next to me in tandem tapping the whole time. So I would love to invite Joe back up here to tap during this, during this performance. <laughs> he has a cane now, y'all. We got to be easy on his hips. But, uh, but in, 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 in replace, and not in replace, but, but instead of Joe performing, is a dear friend and brother of mine. Can everybody say hermano? Can everybody say hermano? Hermano. Boricua. Boricua. Hermano Boricua means Puerto Rican brother. And this is Alejandro Perez Jr. Everybody say welcome, AP. Well, it is an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. I'm super humbled by it. Um, I'm so engaged here when it comes to dealing with long-term recovery because Though I am not a person in long-term recovery, I'm an advocate for recovery, and many people in my family are in long-term recovery, and I actually was one of those children that experienced the remnant of people who were addicted to drugs and the effects it has on a young person trying to grow up and navigate this big old world. And in that process, I think I lost my voice, but in the arts, I found my voice, and I'd like to start us off by asking everybody to put five hands high in the sky like so. Five hands and five fingers. Five, five fingers. Now, excuse me, five fingers high in the sky. I said five hands. <laughs> five fingers high in the sky. Repeat after me. Say, my voice. My voice. Has power. Has power. To speak. To speak. My truth. My truth. And share. And share. My life. My life. And to honor our Latino heritage, I would like you to put your left hand high in the sky. Left hand. And repeat after me, say, mi voz. Mi voz. Tiene poder. Tiene poder. Para hablar. Para hablar. Mi verdad. Mi verdad. Y compartir. Y compartir. Mi luz. Mi luz. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to take that mantra, we're going to melodify that mantra, and we're going to learn a rhythm to make it get down. But first and foremost, I want to give it to you melodified. And after you hear the rhythm, you need to jump in and get in where you fit in. I just want to see if you vocally astute. With that being said, repeat after the melody stops. So to just get you ready, when my melody stops, your melody drops. Complete that <laughs> sentence. When my melody stops, your melody drops. When my melody stops, your melody drops. Okay, here we go. My voice has power to speak my truth and share my light. Your turn. My voice has power to speak my truth and share my life. One more time for the mind. My voice has power to speak my truth and share my life. Now, I'm going to take you back to school inside this song. How I'm going to do that is I'm going to ask you the requisites in the left brain to remember some things. How I'm going to do that is I'm going to say a word and you're going to have to spell it. When I say voice, you spell it V-O-I-C-E. Let's try that. Voice, V-O-I-C-E, power. P-O-W-E-R, I think you get it. When we get to the word light, you're going to spell the word light and then say, and I'm going to let it shine. Let's try it. Light, L-I-G-H-T, and I'm going to let it shine. Then I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to say, who has the power? You will sound and say, I have the power. Who has the power? I have the power. Then I will say, how will you use it? You will sound and say, I will use it well. 
How will you use it? I will use it well. Who has the power? I have the power. How will you use it? I will use it well. All right, now that you've learned the song, what we're going to do is we're going to bring in the rhythm. Repeat after me. Say lap, lap. Lap, lap. Clap, clap. Clap, clap. Snap, snap. Snap, snap. Clap, clap. Clap, clap. And if you're feeling innovative at the table, you can go tap, tap. Clap, clap. Snap, snap. Clap, clap. So this is very important, cheerleaders. Get ready. All the elder cheerleaders, including my man over there who I saw speak at the mayor's office the other day, get ready. We're all doing this. All right? If you have a beard, you're doing it. If you are back there with the brownies, you're doing it. So get ready. Everybody say one more time. Say lap, lap. Clear your hands. Where your hands? Let me see your hands. Everybody see hands. Say lap, lap. Lap, lap. Clap, clap. Clap, clap. Snap, snap. Snap, clap, clap. Clap, clap. Clap, clap. Lap, lap. Clap, clap. Clap, clap. Snap, snap. Snap, snap. Clap, clap. All right. All right. Five, six, seven, everybody. Lap, lap, clap, clap, snap, snap, clap, clap, lap, lap, clap, clap, snap, snap, clap, clap, lap, lap, clap, clap, snap, snap, clap, clap, five, six, seven, my voice, come on. My voice has power to speak my truth and share my life. My voice has power to speak my truth and share my life. My voice has power to speak my truth and share my life. One more time for the mind. My voice has power to speak my truth and share my life. Left brain. Voice. V-O-I-C-E. There you go. Power. P-O-W-E-R. Y'all can spell. Speak. S-P-E-A-K. Truth. T-R-U-T-H. Light. L-I-G-A-C. And I'm going to let it shine. Question. Who has the power? How will you use it? I will use it well. Who has the power? I have the power. How will you use it? I will use Say there's power in the spoken word. Everybody. There's power in the spoken word. Say, say. I have a right to be heard. I have a right to be heard. Say. There's power in the spoken word. There's power in the spoken word. Say, say, I have a right to be heard. I have a right to be My voice, come on. My voice has power to speak my truth and share my life. Ha, ha, ha. My voice has power to speak my truth and share my life. Ha, ha, ha. My voice has power to speak my truth and share my life. Ha, 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 my voice has power to speak my truth and share my life. Let me hear you say, we in recovery, we in recovery, moving, grooving, unity, moving, grooving, unity. We help each other and build us up. We love each other and build us up. And call on each other when we need to pull up. And call on each other when we need to pull up. My voice has power to speak my truth and share my life. Let me hear you say it, y'all. My voice has power to speak my truth and share my life. Countdown. Five. Four, three, 
So that was our opener. I'm wearing my red shoes today, y'all. I wore these shoes for my brother's wedding. All the groomsmen got red shoes uh, back on July 4th weekend. And I also wore these shoes uh, on July 7th in honor of my father, who was having an emergency quadruple bypass heart surgery. Later on that evening, I wore these red shoes at a show that Alejandro and I have been hosting with our band. This is a small version of the band. Give it up for the band, y'all. With our band at a show called Diverse Lounge, we've been doing it for 12 years. Mr. David Clonch has brought students there from Winfrey Academy. Joe Powell has been there many, many times. Other folks from APA, schools from all over the Metroplex. Our last show had 50 different schools, 100 different kids, almost 700 people in attendance. I wore it that night on July 7th, and when I went outside at 8.45 p.m. on our break, we found out for the first time about the shootings here in Dallas, right downtown. So my red shoes, right, symbolize a lot. What I didn't say is that my father's surgery was taking place back in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He and my mom lived just over a mile from where Alton Sterling was shot and just three from where the policemen were shot. One of those three policemen was the first cousin of my high school girlfriend, Michelle Gerald. It's been heavy, y'all, right? But why do we get together for things like a national rally, much less a local rally. We get together because there's pain in life and there's hope in life, right? We get together because we are broken, but those of us on the recovery path are mending, right? We all know people who are broken, who either cannot or choose not to come back. We all know people who are mending or mended, per se, and just stay home in front of that TV watching uh, Hillary and Donald <laughs> instead, of instead of coming to the rally, right? But I also wore these red shoes at the Meyerson less than a week later when uh, the city called upon Alejandro and I to share a piece um, for the city at a, an event called Dallas Sings, Dallas Strong. And we'd like to share that piece with you all right now. Can we do that? Yeah. Yeah. One of the reasons why we like to warm up and get your voices ready and your bodies ready is that for, for at any moment in time, if you feel free, we don't want to force you at all, but if you feel free, you can sing with us, right? Alejandro has this incredible gift. Um, not as an opera singer, but as a, but as a man who I've seen walk into a, a high school of 1,500 ninth and 10th graders and have everybody singing within 30 seconds. I've seen him do it. So don't feel forced. Don't feel forced to move and sway. If, you don't, if you've got that Steve Martin, like from the jerk rhythm, it's all right. You know? <laughs> but if you do want to include, know that our performance today is not just a performance, but it's an interactive that hopefully will bring healing and add to the recovery and this monumental opportunity to have this rally here uh, in Dallas, Texas. So I present to you this piece, Broken Mending. I've got this pain in my head, in my mind, in my body, and I really want to let it go. I've got this pain in my head, in my mind, in my body, and I really want to let it go. I've got this pain in my head, in my mind, in my body, and I really want to let it go. There's hope, hope, hope. There's hope, hope, hope. There's hope. I am a broken
broken man who spends time with a broken clan searching for people like me people like us prefer not to cause a ruckus with those who refuse to accept their own brokenness because we find strength in our weakness complement one another in our incompleteness and though we often strive for transparency still wear masks when need be I've got that pain in my head, in my mind, in my body, and I really want to let it go. I've got this pain in my head, in my mind, in my body, and I really want to let it go. I've got this pain in my head, in my mind, in my body, and I really want to let it go. There's hope, hope, hope. I can hear y'all right here. There's hope, hope, hope. There's hope. There's hope. Like Sung Zhu in the art of war and the warrior brave hearts, our art of living is pure, though our hearts often fatigue. For the war of art is paid with intentions, but we have been chosen to overcome, not by man, but by spirits. In meditation, we hear it calling us from within, aligning ourselves on the backs of those who pass we've tiptoed upon to the tops of these totems. For we are soul searchers, researchers of healing, bruised and broken and yet chosen. For it seems like those of us coming apart at the seams are the only ones truly qualified to fight the good fight. Because those wound too tightly together cannot accept the vulnerability it takes to face the brokenness we see. Where words spoken are tangible and spoken word is the key. Where emotional literacy, emotional literacy is the bridge between degrees and the streets. Where nights like these, nights like these give us liberation from all that we've seen. Nights like these offer emancipation from all that life brings. For we are broken, but mending, fighting, but sending you alive. I am nothing more than a broken man who chooses to spend my time with a broken clan, searching for pieces of me, pieces of us, prefer not to cause a ruckus with those who refuse to accept their own brokenness because we find strength in our weakness complement one another in our incompleteness and though we often strive for transparency still wear masks when need be i've got this pain in my head in my mind in my body and i really want to let it go you should be at least humming right now. I've got this pain in my head, in my body, and I really want to let it go. I really want to let I've it go. i got this pain in my head, in my mind, in my body, and I really want to let it go. I really want to let it go. pain in my head, in my mind, in my body, and I really want to let it go. Why? There's hope. Hope, hope, there's hope, hope, hope.
Clap yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. Clap yourselves. Yes, there is a high possibility you will be humming that in the shower tomorrow. You cannot blame it on us. Our emails are not in the program. You, there's no way of finding us, actually. Jer Jeremiah had a hard time finding us. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for being here. How y'all feeling? My wife is here, ladies and gentlemen, my daughter, and both of our sons. Our littlest one is seven weeks old. Can y'all see me okay? Am I tall enough? All right. Um, Jeremiah called me a couple weeks ago, Joe Powell telling stories. Joe Powell tells stories, don't he? And he shared a story with Jeremiah that I want to share with you all real quick. Can I do that? Yeah. In the fall of 2005, my wife and I were not married. We were expecting our first child. It was a crazy time. We come from, you know, one of them religious families. So we had a child at a wedlock. You know what I'm saying? And my favorite sister, my only sister, was dealing with a pretty serious addiction back home in Louisiana. Now, I had, I had been working for APA with Joe Powell as the Youth Services Coordinator and had never been to an Al-Anon meeting. And when Hurricane Katrina came and flooded out our state, there was a call named by this beautiful woman, Samantha Hope Atkins, who said, we have these addicts and people who need help. We all needed help, but especially the people who were really struggling, right? And... Joe Powell and Samantha Hope and a lot of the beautiful people in this room, absolutely the folks from Betty Ford, um, answered that call by saying, we will give scholarships to addicts from the state of Louisiana who were affected by the flood to get treatment. But they got a call like everybody else does, right? <laughs> but I hadn't been to what? Al-Anon yet. So, so I drove down to Baton Rouge, and uh, me and uh, Crystal Mess started fighting to try to get a hold of my sister, right? Well, you know who wins between brother and Crystal Mess. So I was there for about 10 days, and um, she had the courage to call to get that ticket, that flight. And on that 10th day, she decided she didn't want to leave her house that day. She was a single mom. She had her own house. First person in our family to buy a home. And 
um, she decided she was not going to get on that plane. So I came back to Dallas and wrote a poem, as I do. I'm not going to read it right now. It's too heavy. This is a moment of, of lightness. This is a, a, a recovery weekend. This ain't like, let's talk about all the hell we've been through and shit. So, sorry. Sorry, kids. <laughs> but, uh, stuff. But, uh, so anyway, I come home. Hurricane Rita comes. And somehow or another, you know, my sister's a hustler, right? She's an addict and from Louisiana. So, you know, like, so she hustled a, she hustled a second ticket, went through the, um, the doors, passed her pipe off to my mom, got to Betty Ford. And Betty Ford gave her uh, five of the best weeks of her life. Now, as treatment centers go, God bless treatment centers, um, that was the beginning of her serious road to recovery. And I was sharing with Joe, you know, she came back to Louisiana, living there. Um, She was somebody who was just enthralled in her addiction and everything, but at the same time never missed a holiday. Uh, used to come up and visit with us in Dallas, and it was amazing. We, we, we had incredible times together, but, you know, and wrapped in that. And I started going to Alamon in January. I have my seventh year, divine number. It's great, right? I stopped, uh, stopped, stopped me and Crystal Meth, stopped hanging out. Um, I, don't even, I don't even hang out with Crystal Meth on Netflix. I don't know how they watch their movies. So, um, anyway... There was another flood that just happened, right, in Baton Rouge. Now, a lot of people don't know about this flood. Financially, it's just as bad, if not worse, financially than Katrina was. But since it didn't have a, 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 a hurricane tied to it, um, people overlooked the fact that 100,000 people were out of their homes, including the girlfriend I mentioned earlier, my high school girlfriend, who <laughs> lost her cousin. So we've been through a lot in, in Louisiana. What's beautiful about the story is on my sister's recovery journey, she found her way back to Los Angeles and had li- been living in sober living. And uh, my cousin had a daughter, a uh, son, I'm sorry, my cousin had a son, and she was uh, his caretaker for the last whole e- about year and a half. And my sister now has almost two years sobriety. Yeah. And it is uh, an incredible honor, right, to know that people from Betty Ford Hazelden are here and to know that uh, on the path of recovery, recovery is not treatment, right, Jeremiah, we're talking about that, right? It's not treatment. It's not an end. It's a beginning, right? And um, I am so happy. Uh, It's an honor. I did the story really quickly without breaking down so far. But it's an honor for me because of this rally that's here tomorrow that I'm hosting uh, that my mentor, my dear mentor, Joe Powell, asked me to host. It's an honor for me at this moment to introduce you to my sister, Ida Lynn Ritchie. Hi, my name is Ida. I'm an alcoholic addict, alcoholic, and I have been struggling with drugs and alcohol since I was 14 years old. So for 20 years, it had complete control over my life. Today, I am 20 months sober, and my life, my life in recovery has given me gifts that um, are magical. I've had a lot of bad things happen and hard things happen in my first year of recovery, but with the steps of this program, the people I've met, my sober sisters, and everyone, and um, not giving up 
and following directions and being willing, I'm happy to say I look forward to a long road in recovery. Thank you. And thank you to Joe Powell, who has been trying to get me help for years and years and years. Thank you. And let me tell you how God works. God works. Katie, raise your hand. Just raise your hand, Katie. Katie had planned a trip to come see Ida uh, from L.A. to come check on her. And Katie came on, on National Recovery Weekend. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? So when, they, when we drove over here earlier... Katie, uh, Katie and I had followed in their car, right? Because that's the healthy way of doing it. They didn't go in our car together. So clap one more time for my sister and everybody. All right, so we're going to do one more. Is that cool? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, um, beautiful people. Um, a lot of the time, and I want to say, especially to people on the road, that long-term road of recovery, we find ourselves in a dark space where we feel like we're not worthy. And I'm here to tell you that that is not true. You are worthy of love. You are worthy of respect. You are worthy of recognition. You are worthy of all those things that so-called normal people, and I say so-called because sometimes it's the broken people that have been through some things who can see a little bit clearer. So I want to acknowledge you in this moment by sharing this song, Worthy. Is that all right? Okay, so repeat after me. Say, I want to see you. Use your hand so you can remember. I want to see you. I want to see you. I want to hear you. I want to hear you. I want to feel you. I want to feel you. I want to acknowledge you. I want to acknowledge you. Here's the most important part of the song. You have to say, why? Why? Say, because you are worthy. Because you are worthy. I am worthy. I am worthy. Now, y'all already know the jump roll rule. Y'all jump in, get in where you fit in. And there will be some call and response. So if I ask you to say something, jump on in there with my melody. With my melody. Stop. Your melody. With my melody, Stop. your melody, Drop. all right, here we go. <laughs> One time around, jump in, y'all. I want to see you, I want to hear you, I want to feel you, I want to acknowledge you. Wow. Cause you are worthy, I am worthy. Jump in. I wanna see you, I wanna hear you, I wanna feel you, I wanna acknowledge you. Why? Cause you are worthy, I am worthy. One more time. I wanna see you, I wanna hear you, I wanna feel you, I wanna acknowledge you. Why? Cause you are worthy, I am worthy. Say, I am powerful, I am powerful, I am attractive, I am attractive. Say, I am fearless, I am fearless, I am full of love, I am full of love, I am the truth, I am the truth, I am connected, I am connected. Say, light guides my footsteps, light. Guys, my footsteps. I want to see you. I want to hear you. I want to feel you. I want to acknowledge you. Why? Because you are worthy. I am worthy. Come on. I want to see you. I want to hear you. I want to feel you. I want to acknowledge you. Why? Because you are worthy. I am worthy. Let me hear you say it. I am worthy. I am worthy. I 
inside of me. There's a light inside of me. Say, I am worthy. I am worthy. There's a light inside of me. There's a light inside. Come on. I want to see you. I want to hear you. I want to feel you. I want to acknowledge you. Why? Cause you are worthy, I am worthy, come on. I wanna see you, I wanna hear you, I wanna feel you, I wanna acknowledge you. Why? Cause you are worthy, I am worthy. Say, I am powerful, I am attractive, I am attractive. Say, I am fearless, I am full of love. I am the truth. I am the truth. I am connected. I am connected. Say, light guides my footsteps. Light guides my footsteps. I want to see you. I want to hear you. I want to feel you. I want to acknowledge you. Why? Because you are worthy. I am worthy. Come on. I want to see you. I want to hear you, I want to feel you, I want to acknowledge you, why? Because you are worthy, I am worthy, let me hear you say it, I am worthy, I am worthy, say there's a light inside of me, there's a light inside of me, say I am worthy, I Even if you ain't singing, you sing in the shower tomorrow. Cause you are worthy. worthy. I am worthy in the shower life. I want to see you. I want to hear you. I want to feel you. I want to acknowledge you. Cause you are worthy. I am worthy. Give yourself a hand, beautiful people. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Alejandro Perez Jr. My name is Will Ritchie. Give it up for Will Over here, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Frank Mocha on the drums. Give it up for the band. Marcus Johnson on keys. Ladies and gentlemen, the Texas tenor Jason Davis on the saxophone. We appreciate y'all so very much. We're going to be performing all day tomorrow at the rally, y'all. It's going to be a beautiful experience. Call all your friends. Have them fly in. Give it up for Mr. Jeremiah. Thank y'all so much. Joe Powell, we love you, Joe. I want to see you, I want to hear you, I want to feel you, I want to acknowledge you. If you live in Dallas, Texas, our next show is next Friday night, October 7th, Diverse Lounge. It's free. A-piece band. Alejandro Perez for three hours. It's crazy. Love y'all. I want to feel you, I want to acknowledge you. Because you are worthy, I am worthy.
Don't, don't forget, the movie starts in about 10 minutes right across the hall.